Hey there, and welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a life coach specializing in traumas and addictions. But today, today, we're not going to be talking about addictions and traumas. We're going to be talking about whether or not you are a adult who may have autism. Today, I was talking with Jackie Schultz. She's a therapist and specifically dealing with the adult who may or may suspect they might have autism. So if you're interested in learning about how to manage your energy, how to recognize whether or not you're not just stressed, you may be autistic. Listen to today's topic. We are really going to just dive in deep about understanding who you are, embracing your own natural gifts. And yes, that could include being autistic. And we're going to get through all of that coming to you after this short break. Hey, Jackie, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. So when I was kind of learning more about you and you're like, okay, you're an autistic lady for adults. <laughs> but what, is, what, is, what does that mean? Like, are you looking at people who can line up objects perfectly or get really crazy when they don't see things just so like, what does that really look like? I feel like that's a bunch of questions in one. <laughs> um, okay. so let me- <laughs> My bad. It's okay. It's okay. So let me try to break it down. So I am an art therapist and mental health counselor, and I specialize in late identified autism, which means people make it all the way to adulthood without knowing they're autistic. And that can happen because many times their presentation of autism doesn't look like the stereotypical version many of us think of. You know, like you mentioned, we're like lining up toys or into trains or throwing. A lot of times we think of meltdowns, you know, like throwing tantrums. And so really what we're learning is that autism is more so about um our brains functioning differently, that we are a different neurotype, not a different disorder. And I should be clear to anyone listening, I am autistic. (laughs) So that's why I'm saying we autistic. Um, And so I believe that my brain just thinks differently. And what's the science is suggesting is that autistic brains um, have a higher frequency of neural connections that fire a lot and then cause other neural neural connections to fire a lot. And that can also activate the nervous system. So basically you're getting like a brain and a body that is on like hyper alert and that causes many characteristics um, both internally and externally. Okay, can I... I know somebody's <laughs> listening to this and be like, you know what, Jackie, you just need to just calm down and drink some herbal gray tea. There's nothing wrong with your brain. Yes. You know, yeah, sorry. I hope I didn't cut you off. Did you have <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes. Much of my life, that was actually the case where, you know, people kind of gaslit me or told me, you know, like, oh, you're smart. You don't worry about this um, or that, but I could always tell something was different about me and that I was feeling more intensely and on, on a deeper level than most people, as well as that my thoughts 
were just nonstop and full in a way that others weren't. And I went to therapy for years trying to fix all that, thinking like, if I just worked hard enough, I would stop feeling and thinking so much. And the reality is, as an autistic, I'm not going to. And that was a little hard to accept. (laughs) There's a lot of people who are listening who are dealing with PTSD issues, post-traumatic stress disorder. we got people in the room who have ADHD. And now you're like throwing in. Another <laughs> wild one when we talk yeah. about autism. So if you wouldn't mind, Jackie, let's kind of break mm-hmm. down each one because I think each person may be thinking, hmm, yeah. my anxiety, maybe it's autistic. No, maybe it's trauma. <laughs> I know, right? Well, and it's extra complicated because most unidentified autistics will experience trauma. And trauma like PTSD or complex PTSD will uh, have similar impacts that autism does. So it can look a little murky (laughs) to know like what is what. Um, Essentially, when I look at autism, I have a way of breaking it down that makes sense for my brain. This is not like in any book. It's just my way of doing it. And so I look at how autism impacts our thinking, our emotions, our sensory system, our body, um, our passions, and then how we socialize. So I'm looking across the board for characteristics in those areas. And typically, um, therapy doesn't uh, decrease or change them. So for instance, someone with CPTSD could go to therapy and through processing trauma, they can actually reduce the symptoms they're experiencing. Uh, whereas like for someone like myself, you know, I've done, like I mentioned, I've done uh, many different types of therapy and my symptoms did not decrease. Um, so the, and then you also had mentioned ADHD, which also, Some studies are suggesting up to 80% of people who are autistic are also ADHD. I myself am also both. Um, But that I want to be clear, that statistic doesn't work in the reverse. It's not like, oh, if you're ADHD, then you're autistic. I almost think of it more like um, a, oh, I guess people can't see me. (laughs) I was going to draw you a picture, but... um, I think right, of it I'm more only, like, yeah, no worries, no worries. But um, I'll show you and then describe it to others. I think of it as like a, autism is like a pie with many different components and that ADHD can be one of those components. Um, so ADHD is a smaller range of effects than autism, typically. Autism is is such a a new, when I say new, I'm thinking about... <laughs> Like 40, 40, 40, 40, 50 years. Some, yeah. Mm-hmm. Time frame. This is, and then the, in the grand scheme of like science, this is like a, like a blip. This is like a far, like, <laughs> you know, like yes. history, like, psh, like what, 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 what did that, what did that happen? Like, anyway, <laughs> not to say vanish <laughs> off in the air, like, but I am right now, and I'm saying this for the benefit of 
for me. And plus, I think everyone who's listening, I'm right now I'm in the uh, DSM, the Diagnosis and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Yeah. And I'm reading off the DSM criteria for autism yeah. disorder for so for everybody to listen to it, because this is such an important issue. And we need to make sure that we're all talking about the same page as you're listening to Jackie. This I want everyone to listen to this. So it is I'm looking at the criteria, persistent uh, uh defects in social communication and social interaction across multiple contexts as manifest by the following currently or by history examples are illustrated not exhausted as defects in social emotional reciprocity uh, defects in nonverbal communication behaviorals for social interaction defects in developing maintaining and understanding relationships ranging for example difficulties adjusting behavior to suit various social contexts now i just say that briefly because like Lord knows, we could be sitting here for like the next five hours talking yeah. about those sub points. Yeah. But like the reason I mentioned that is like as you think about your years in therapy, as you think about like your experiences, like was there like oh my goodness, like Denise, girl, I I'm really I really experienced this. What would it be in, in context of like you're experiencing life as an autistic person? Um, I'm sorry. Can you? Re- phrase or yeah, let me say maybe say, yeah I'm trying to yeah can you say it again for me yeah, yeah no 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 worries because I know yeah. I just threw a lot at you so yeah I, I, I we just talked about the kind of the, the DSM definition of autism mm-hmm. I, yep. I was thinking of all the kind of criteria of it what was yeah. it that that kind of stung out for you as you reflect on your years of therapy your years working mm. with, with patients and just your clinical experience like what really like it's like a hallmark feature that uh, that highlights people who are autistic mm-hmm. from your, your personal experience or from your experience working with people. Yeah. Um, first off, since you did read that list, I want to be clear for everyone listening that the DSM-5 is, you know, the Diagnostics and Statistics Manual for all our di- quote unquote disorders. And so it's a medical model for looking at autism and as you heard, it just focuses solely on the deficit, as it does with most disorders. And so it's not looking at any of the positives or even the neutral impacts. It's just like, hey, here's what we think is wrong or abnormal from a neurotypical person. So from a neurodiverse standpoint, we think, hey, it's okay to be different than the norm. And so when I'm, it's kind of, strange to say this, but uh, sometimes I can pick up on the fact that someone's autistic just from their way of being. (laughs) And what, I mean, obviously as a therapist, I will ask more pointed questions, but sometimes it's even in like their fidgety manner coupled with this hyper self-criticism and self-judgment where they're like, And they're so self-aware that they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm probably talking too long. And um, as well as like the way they contort their bodies, I know to anyone listening, I'm sure they're like, what? But like, it's, um, I don't know, it's almost like an autism radar. But more specifically, the kinds of questions I will ask are, are you having sensory sensitivities like uh, lights being too bright, it being difficult to drive in the rain, let's say, or getting 
headaches from smells, that kind of thing. Or maybe you're really particular about the kind of fabrics you wear. So I listen for that kind of stuff. I then also listen for body characteristics, meaning autistics are extremely likely to have digestive problems um, up to 70%. And that's because we have an activated nervous system. So, it, you know, when the body's not, you know, an activated nervous system is not going to prioritize your digestive <laughs> um, system. And so with that mind uh, gut access, axis, A-X-I-S, <laughs> um, we get a lot of uh, digestive pain and problems. So I listen for things like that, for things like unexplained symptoms throughout their life, like chronic headaches, weird um, allergic symptoms without being able to know the cause, uh, things or like problem. There's a lot of uh, comorbidities with uh, connected disorders. Oh, just, yeah, no, no, you're right. Uh, Just co-occurring conditions or disorders with the, with connective tissue. Um, meaning like Ehlers-Danlos syndrome or syndromes where like your uh, flexibility is different or your ability to move your body is different. Um, so those are the two I'm looking for in the body, sensory and body. Do you, but let me like pause to breathe to make sure you have any questions before I keep going. <laughs> no, no, no worries. I, 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 I love people who are passionate about what they do because that's be sure they actually care about how they diagnose and how they treat. So that's, a, that's, that's <laughs> important to me. But you know, you're reminding me, I'm like having a flashback of my mind of I, I was out to grocery store and I saw this woman, she had a t-shirt and they said, autism is a gift. Mm, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And kind of going back earlier when you said like, hey, like no one's talking about like the superpowers, the strengths, the good things that come from autism. So I I like to kind of I know we should always talk about a little bit more about the diagnosis and signs and symptoms, but I always want to just kind of highlight like, hey, there's some good stuff. Like what are the good stuff? Well, for one, like a hyper connected mind means we're hyper observant. And so we pick up on things a lot and often have really strong intuition. It just because we were taking in so much data. Another thing is, again, because the hyperconnectivity, we're extremely creative, good problem solver, solvers, innovative. Um, and like, if you leave me alone just to do my art and write, I am so happy all day long. Like I can keep myself entertained and like keep on going. And that for me is a joy. Like it's what brings joy to my life. Um, so for, yeah, I guess I would say those are the main positive, but I mean, even the sensory things, right? I gave examples of negative things like smell of a headache or sorry, a smell causing a headache, but also like I get, I can smell food so well that it almost like tastes like I can almost taste it from the smell. It's really, it's just, yeah. So even things like that are really nice or like I'm a painter. And so, you know, the way I take in color, I think is due to autism and it helps me in that area, things like that. So you can distinguish like hunter green from like pale green from, cause I'm like, I'm look like as an example, it's just green to me. Oh <laughs> yeah. Though I will be clear, you know, we all, they say if you've met one autistic person, you've met one. I sometimes don't like that phrase because it implies there's nothing connecting us. 
But I think what they're more so meaning is like my strength might be in smell and seeing color and someone else might be in touch and how they hear, or you know, or different things. Or like our passions are obviously very different. I've met computer programmers. I've met, you know, other people that was someone was like designing boats or something. It was pretty cool. So, <laughs> you know. It's, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because like everybody has their own unique interaction with autism. And so we shouldn't like throw on labels. I'm like, well, therefore you must be grand at the piano or you're, <sighs> yeah. As an example. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I actually play piano and I'm not very good at it. So, <laughs> oh, so then you just busted that myth for me right there. I was like, Maybe she's good with music. I don't, I don't even know. You know, <laughs> as, as I'm positive, I'm thinking Jackie about like why, we have so much stereotypes surrounding autism Mm -hmm. and is it partially because of just ignorance is because of the newness of the diagnosis like what what do you you think that's coming from one is that the dsm-5 solely focuses on these narrow characteristics and so that's what all mental health professionals get taught including therapists like myself or even doctors So, I mean, I went through all of my counseling education without realizing I was autistic or even learning much about autism besides just like, hey, read the DSM-5, move on. So that's one huge contributing factor. And then two, the depictions in the past 20 years of autism have been very stereotypical. We're starting to get, you know, better neurodivergent things now, but that like Rain Man, the movie Rain Man is like usually what people think of with autism. And that's only one presentation of it. I first learned about the deeper information about the autism spectrum from Norman Dorge's book, The Brain That Changes Itself. And they were specifically <laughs> talking about how sound therapy can help uh, mm. slow down some of the brain activities. And they were also talking about transcranial magnetic stimulation therapy. Wow. And for autism? For autism. For autism. In kids? It, it was specifically talking about kids. Because yeah, they have, okay. yeah, they were t- in context of, well, yeah. having a, they're unable to focus, pay attention, retain information because they're just so overwhelmed with the lights and the sounds and everything. Yeah. And I know that, you know, clearly you were able to go to graduate school and diagnose, (laughs) but so people were Mm -hmm. like, well, Jackie, what's the problem? I'm, I'm able to run a business. I'm able to (laughs) have kids and drive a car and not crash nobody. Like why, why why do I need to be looking for, Hey, maybe there's something that needs to be examined. Maybe I, I do fall Mm -hmm. in the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, if you make it to adulthood, unidentified and you're autistic, typically you have high levels of intelligence that are coupled with autism. So that helps you to develop skills to kind of cope with what's going on, as well as um, kind of externally function. But what you'll find with most late identified autistics is throughout their life, they experience crippling internal anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and just 
another way to phrase that is just overwhelming amounts of feelings and thoughts that would like, so for instance, someone who sees me in my, I run a private practice. I, you know, I write a shit ton. I'm sorry. I don't know if you swear on your podcast, but, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm sorry, but, um, they, you know, they're not with me in my personal life. They don't see me when I get overwhelmed and have to remove myself for environment. They don't see me that like after spending a day with family that I have to have a couple days, not because my family's bad, but just like, I just have to have a couple days to recalibrate. I say family because that's pretty much the only people I socialize with. <laughs> and that, and like that as well, like I, socializing wears me out. Even this meeting, something I enjoy, I will need downtime to recover from. I love the fact that like when we were getting to know each other, you, you, you specifically say, I run my practice for my health. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, That's for real. I'm all about that. I'm all yep. about that. Cause I think mm-hmm. when you're a protection, a practitioner, your therapist, you're in that healing space. You're like, okay, I need to save the world. <laughs> yeah. Let me save the world. I'm, I'm accepting new patients. Monday <laughs> through Sunday, nine to yeah. nine. Like, that's the, and that's like for those who are listening who may, because I know I got people who are therapists, nurses, all this, all that good jazz. Doctors, yeah. Like, well, I know I got problems, but the world needs saving and healing. Mm. And so the yeah. fact that, like I'm putting these boundaries up mm-hmm. says that like, I, I understand that there are, there's blessings from my, my diagnosis, but there's also limitations. Right. And Oh gosh, I had to dismantle so many like cultural norms or beliefs I had absorbed, like that I'm selfish if I make it about, like if I uh, limit what times I'm available or, you know, think, or, you know, just hustle culture in general, things like that. It, It took real work to be okay with what I'm doing. This is kind of like a PSA for everybody who's listening, but I know you're going to feel me when I say this, that we have grown up in a society that says you are only as good as the commas after your name. You're Mm -hmm. only as good as the clout and the fame and then your latest social media posts. And to take a pause and say, you know what? If I drop dead, they're going to keep it moving. Why am I literally digging myself an early grave? Yeah. And to know that, like, I don't think it's also, like, entirely our fault. Like, I don't think our society provides this kind of support we need. You know, like, where we're, I don't know about you, but, like, I do worry, like, what if something happens to my health? Like, our healthcare system is not catching us. (laughs) Like, you know, things like that. And so I, I get that there's, you know, pressure to, like, make money, save money, like, uh and that, I mean, that is one reason I'm in private practice is that the mental health care industry does not care for therapists the way they need to be cared for. And I saw that and was like, I can't survive in that environment. I have to create something for myself. Well, yeah, you don't want to see like five people in 15 minute increments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know, I know therapists that will see on the hour, like, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, for five days a week. I don't, I don't, I don't. yeah. 
even for like a neurotypical person, which is just, you know, the word for someone average. Um, I, I just, I don't see how, how they're functioning. <laughs> and a lot of times internal, well, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to judge. They're not, they're not but like, yeah. They're not. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming soon to a therapist near you, you know, like, <laughs> but sorry, I'm not trying to get too off topic, but I just yeah. wanted to, the reason, I guess the reason why I mentioned this, Jack, is this idea of like, people are like, well, I got to wait to I hit burnout before I realize oh. like maybe I am feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and it's not enough sleep. It's not enough mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables or biohacking or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so true. And I'll also add that my, the more I take care of myself, the less intense and impactful are some of the challenges of autism. Meaning like if I'm emotionally tired, I am so, or not, let's say I've seen five clients in a day that night, I will be way more moody, way more like emotionally reactive and just have such low capacity for my family. And when I structure my day in a way that I'm not overwhelmed, like I can show up how I want to be showing up in the world. I'm I'm saying this for all the folks that are diagnosed autism, suspecting their diagnosis of autism, ADHD, ADD, PTSD, all those people in the, the room <laughs> who are listening. I want everybody listening up and saying that you don't want to wait until disaster before you restructure your life in a way that aligns with your mental and physical and spiritual health. Like, don't wait yeah. Yeah. until then. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the fact that people are listening, I'm, pat yourself on the back. That says, <laughs> like, you're above the average... <laughs> but so let, let's I want to dive in more about like the day of a would you consider yourself a highly functional autistic person how, how would you kind of um I don't use labels like that because high functioning implies one that I'm high functioning all the time mm-hmm. which sometimes I'm not <laughs> as well as um uh I might be externally high functioning at times, but internally deeply suffering. So that's another reason uh, I don't use like low high labels. What does internally deeply suffering mean? Um, it's for many autistic, myself included, when we start to get upset, it's like a very quick downward Viral because our minds are so hyper-connected, we immediately think of every negative thing in our life and it's like, I'm hopeless and it quickly devolves towards feeling like, I wish I just wouldn't wake up tomorrow. And, um, that, I mean, that's what I mean by like deeply suffering. That's the suicide, and that can lead into the suicidal ideation that we, we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yep. Because okay. uh, that, that, that wormhole down the depression tunnel can, can go really nasty and scary real quick, I'm assuming. Yes. And I, I guess I don't necessarily associate it with depression because sure. it's, it's like one minute you're fine, and then five hours later you're feeling like your life is pointless. How long does it take to like if somebody just I know that we're going to be sharing your contact information so people can get in contact with you. But like, let's say they contact you and be like, Jack, 
spreadsheet. Like, what am I doing? Like, how do you just like set up a spreadsheet? Like, check Wait, off. I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't. No, when you went higher pitch, I couldn't hear you. Can oh, you say I'm it sorry. again? <laughs> I should have gone higher pitch. I, I let, let me hit the rewind button. We're going to be sharing contact information so people can find you. All right, but let, let's say they find you and they're like, Jackie, I need help. My life's my life's crazy. I think I'm autistic. Do you just send them a, a, a spreadsheet and like check off boxes? Like, what is, what does that look <laughs> like? Process for those who are, who are like interested, but like they're scared. Um. I guess it depends on what process they're wanting. One, they if they're wanting to self-identify, I have lots of articles about how to go about that. Um, two, if they're wanting a neuropsychological assessment for a really comprehensive <laughs> um, diagnosis, then I refer them to psychologists and psychiatrists for that. Um, when What I provide to people is someone who thinks they're autistic and wants to understand what all of their autism characteristics are, how it impacts their life, and then how to work with their brains on the more challenging components. Because when I, for instance, when I went for my assessment, they basically were like, asked me a bunch of questions and then told me at the end, hey, you're autistic and ADHD, wrote me a letter and that was it. And it was kind of like, what, what, what do I do with this? <laughs> They, they they don't often provide that. And so I'm really trying to fill in that gap with what I provide for people. Tools so that you can live successfully. Yes. Though, God, success is such a hard word these days, right? I even wrote an article about, like, what is success? And for me, it just means, like, being able to have time in my day and rest and enjoy what is whereas for someone else it could mean something like that they get to take their family on vacation but so maybe I guess what I really am hoping for people is that they can understand who they are and like why life has felt so hard for them and how they can make some changes for it to not be so difficult. I, I, yeah, you're absolutely right, Jackie. Success really is a loaded word. You know, yeah. it's such a loaded word. You know, for me, it's provide. You know, being able to take care of my needs and the needs of those around me. Everybody's different. I'm mm. talking about dollar bills and driving Teslas and, <laughs> and all that other. Yeah. Stuff, you know, as I'm thinking about our what we've talked about so far, there's just the theme that's just coming through my mind is awareness. Awareness, yeah. awareness, awareness, awareness of who you are, awareness about how external stimuli is impacting you, awareness about what you need to feel calm uh, and assured of like your place here on planet Earth. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I believe like so many people go through decades suffering. Yeah. Decades. And they just get so accustomed to the discomfort and they pain. And yeah. And people say, keep up a sip of a lip. Stop complaining. Mm. Yeah. You should be grateful for what you have. Why are you feeling so stressed? Yeah. I was, I was just talking about this the other day with a client, in fact, where I told them, like, I think if you were to step away from your life for a month, if that could somehow magically happen 
and you were to come back, you would be like, I can't do this. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, like you were saying, like they're just used to that level of stress and they don't realize how bad it is. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I talk with therapists, I talk with doctors, I talk with like so many different experts in different facets in uh, health and wellness. And I don't mean for anybody listening, like something new wrong with me, like that's uh-huh. not the yeah. of this conversation. So I just want to assure people who are listening, like these is not saying run off and get an autism test. <laughs> like, what I'm saying to you is that this is something to bring to your awareness that you may not have considered because mainstream society once you so like indoctrinated on what's new with Apple and Instagram and all these other distractions that you're getting lost in the sauce of who you are. Yeah. When I like that you brought up the point of like people worrying, is this something wrong with me? And I get asked a lot, like, why do you need a label? And, you know, for being autistic and really like for me getting diagnosed was so freeing because it meant one, I had access to information that was tailored to my neurotype. And so I could understand why things are the way they are so much more. Because one of the hardest parts about being unidentified is you have so much shame about like, why can't I seem to be like everybody else? And why is this so hard for me? And learning you're autistic is like, oh, ha, that's why. And then it's a kind of learning to accept certain parts of yourself that won't change and then learning how to work with some other parts. And like, I feel that how I felt before I knew I was autistic and how I felt now are, it it didn't instantly change. I mean, it's been a process of like learning to meet my autistic needs, but like, I am so, so much happier now. And like, I just, I would like, I'd still think the old me would look at the present me and be like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I'm, I'm saying, whoa, listening to your contentment as you talk about like, <laughs> like <laughs> l- living a life fully aware of who you are and, 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 and what you need. And I love the fact that it's never coming from a place of a woe is me or shame or self-deprecation, but it's a fact of like, this is how I know how to relate in the world that makes sense for me and me alone. Yeah. 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 Wow. There's there's just so much to unpack, but I want to make sure that we don't go down weird rabbit holes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just laughing because that in itself is like, kind of how an autistic brain works where we're like there's a million rabbit holes that's why I like to you nobody can see this painting behind me but you but like it's a painting of like multiple pathways and that feels like what my brain is like it's like we could go a million directions and we have a million ideas and it's yeah, I'll rein it in right now so I can, like, I know. talk too long sometimes. <laughs> Jackie, like, where can people find you? Where can they, like, learn more about, hey, how can I live my authentic, truthful self? <laughs> um, stay successful. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Pick up quick. So I have my website, which is just JackieShull.com, and that has autism resources there as well as links to um, everything I do 
as well as I write daily on Medium about late-identified autism with my name as well, Jackie Schold. And then also I have a book coming out in the next month about, it's called Life as a Late-Identified Autistic, and it's just a series of essays about what is autism. That sounds awesome. I, I'm hoping that people disconnect with you. And we're going to leave links in the show notes below. Yep. So they, they, if they're driving, they're not going to crash <laughs> the car trying to write down like, oh, wait, wait, wait where did I find it? Yeah. Is there any like key main point that you think that people need to just take away from our conversation? I know we talked about like hmm. identifying ourselves and not labeling ourselves and success and structure or day, like what, what key thing like hmm. comes to your mind? What came to my mind is what I'm trying to help people do and what I've done with my own life. It's not just about being autistic, like regardless of whatever neurotype you are, it's just recognizing your needs and honoring them. And I'm just telling you life is so much better than <laughs> So I, I, I really love that because I think that if we can just honor who we are, we can just step into a space and a place energetically that will align us to things and I'm not just talking about career, but just places and activities that just rejuvenate us, not drain us. Well, yeah. Oh, I love that word. Rejuvenate. Thank you. Uh, well, Jackie, it's just been such a pleasure talking with you. For those of you guys who are listening, I want you to take action. I don't. I want you to get in contact with Jackie. I want you to take that next step. Maybe it's reading some articles. I don't know. <laughs> that path looks should look good for you and you alone. But most importantly, yeah. don't just sit on something if you feel motivated because that's your spirit, that's your soul communicating to you that there's something worth investigating. I hope you do that. So thank you again, Jackie, so much for your time. Thank you, everyone who is listening. I want everyone to love themselves and love all the wonderful gifts that's inside them. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for listening and be awesome. <laughs>